You are listening to the number one Toyota truck and SUV podcast, Toyota Trucks and Trails, with discussions from restorations to racing, interviews with folks from all areas of the Toyota community, product and event reviews, and much more. We are sure to offer something for you, so sit back and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast episode 35. I am your host Jason Huffman and with me as usual is Mr. Rich LaRusso. How you doing Rich? I'm tired. I think we are both wore out. Um, Yeah. We we won't bore the listeners with the reasoning but we're... (laughs) What a horrible start to the podcast. Uh, it's got to be much perkier. Somebody's well, going to fire this up on Monday morning and just drive off a cliff. Well, I, I was trying, and then you brought me down, so I'll, I'll blame I'm, it on, I'll blame I'm, it on <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm a huge freak that. Well, I feel great. I just drove about 14 hours, so I probably sound like I drove about 14 hours, but I'm going to be perky and happy just for the podcast. Well, there's, there's nothing more invigorating than a 14-hour drive. <laughs> some people I like co- some people like coffee in the morning. I like a fourteen hour drive. Yeah, I can't. I can't feel feel my butt. I, I can't feel anything. My just cruise and you know cruise control in some of these newer Toyotas is is wonky. So you you really do have to do the work. <laughs> you can't you can't rely on that cruise control too much. Yeah, I, I don't I, like it. I would lose my mind in in the truck if I didn't have cruise control. I know it. Uh, it drives me nuts. The, the the one state that everybody kind of gripes about driving is, especially in a truck, is California. And my issue with California is not the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit, not all their wonky laws and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it kind of has to do with the 55-mile-an-hour speed limit, I guess, but it's a very hilly state. And uh, because their speed limit is 55, I can't just set the cruise control. I am constantly uh, having to kick the cruise off to slow down yep. you know and, and and keep it at 55 and i'm a lazy truck driver i want to just be able to set the cruise and hold the steering wheel so <clears throat> i have the same problem driving through tennessee and virginia just the same exact problem it, it, it just there's too many hills and then i don't want to say anything bad about people but you know everyone else on the road is a moron you know you know how the, you know the rule of the road is is the, the the person going faster than you is a maniac and the person going slower than you is an idiot. Absolutely. Have you ever heard this? Yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah, I was surrounded by maniacs and idiots, and I put cruise control on. I either have to shut it off because my safe following distance apparently means squeeze in <laughs> come on in that's what that means you know screw screw my you know nice safe uh, uh braking distance just just come on in ah, you don't need following means. distance that's you know that's for people yeah. that, that don't know how to drive defensively yeah yeah it's, it's you know <laughs> it's like if you if you can't you know in, inspect the the cracks on the back of the guy's bumper then you know you're too far away don't don't, <clears throat> don't listen to me folks i i am a firm believer in following distance and and uh, i uh, i deal with um i won't call them morons but i'll call them careless drivers uh on a on a daily basis and it uh, i learned years ago that getting upset about it or wound up about it the only person that it affects is me and uh 
I've got enough, but enough, enough other things that wind me up throughout the day. I don't need to, uh, don't need to get worked, worked up again about people that don't, uh, don't know how to drive, but I understand where you're coming from. So, but you know, what we can gripe about is Toyota cruise control. How, when you set it to some, you know, a, a, a speed, as long as the ground is flat, you're okay. But as soon as you go to a hill, you're doing about 20 miles over the speed limit. My, I, I was so glad when I asked you about that with my FJ Cruiser that it wasn't just mine that does that because it, it really freaked me out the first few times that I was going up a hill faster than what I had the cruise set at. I was like, what? This makes zero sense. I'm, my body is not accustomed. To I'm used to a truck that instead of, you know, being where I set the cruise, I'm I'm now doing 35 mile an hour under what the cruise is supposed to be set at. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it works like that, but some there's been times I wonder if you know the front two wheels were going to pick up off the ground when I got to the top of the hill. We've lost three mile an hour, wide open throttle. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. Oh, well, anyhow, well, um, we we have both had a ton of stuff. Uh, going on in in the world of of toyotas and off-road and so to in an effort to to get into this episode so it doesn't uh it's going to be a long episode anyway but to to not drag it out any further than than necessary we just threw everything that's been going on between us in a hat and we just drew out one activity and decided that's what we we're going to talk about is that the way it worked yeah, except there wasn't a hat, but yeah. Okay. Well, I, it, was a, I was, it was it was a greasy old bucket, I think. I was trying to be fun and dramatic and, you know, just all that. But Well, I like the cre- greasy old bucket. Okay. Well, wh- why don't you uh, shake the grease off the... You know, the, <laughs> the greasy old bucket. The, the tab that we pulled out of the greasy bucket <laughs> and, and tell the folks what we're going to talk about for here for a little bit. Um, so, well, last week was, was a, a packed week for me personally. Um, <clears throat> it started out with um, uh, basically getting an, a, an invitation from um, Overland Experts, who uh, Overland Experts is a, is a group uh, mostly focused on the East Coast, uh, and that's North and Southeast, uh, where, you know, that provides training to the recreational market and also uh, the military market for off-road driving and recovery. Great group of, of folks, and they have a pretty popular name, so I'm, I'm sure many of our listeners have heard of them. But if you haven't, definitely check out Overland Experts. And um, <clears throat> most of them, if and soon all of them, I believe, are, are uh, certified I4WDTA trainers. So they were invited by the Firestone company to uh, work with the unveiling of the new Firestone Destination MT. So uh, as one of the association trainers, uh, I was called in to, to be there, which this turned out, you know, this is a great opportunity to to do, um, you know, some reporting on, on a new mud terrain that's coming out. So uh, we'll talk about the tire a little bit and then uh, you know, just the background on it, not the actual tire. We'll get to that later. Uh, and I'll tell you what the event events about. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some specifics of the tire. Um, so first off the destination MT, I know Jason, you own a set and I also own a set. So we're fans to begin with. Um, 
<clears throat> that's they haven't changed that design in in quite some time. I think it was nine years, if I recall correctly. I'm just off the top of my head. I don't have my notes in front of me, but um, they uh, redesigned it and improved on things, some weak areas that it had, and and added some new features. You know, uh, and, and you know. M- not only to make it a better product, but, you know, also be competitive with other tires on the market. And uh, it's branded as the Firestone Destination MT2, and it is a true mud terrain. Uh, so that's the that's the new tire. And, um, you know, like I said, we'll get into some specifics about it a little later. So what this event was about was um, putting them in real-world, real off-road, real-world tests uh, and demonstrations of what they could do. And um, so they rounded up about, I think it was 18 or 20 Jeep uh, JK, you know, and I'm sorry to talk about Jeeps on the Toyota podcast, but this, we're talking about the tires. Just, you know, keep that in mind. <laughs> but um, they rented uh, from a dealership, yeah, 18 or 20 of these uh, JK Rubicons. And uh, on half of them, they put the new Firestone Destination MT2s. And on the other, the remaining vehicles, the other half, they put on the uh, KM2s, the BF Goodrich KM2s. There was a representative from BF Goodrich on hand and, of course, all the Firestone staff. And um, the uh, there, was some, there were some rules. We'll get to that in a second. But... Uh, Basically, the way this was going to work is we had a, a we had a course laid out. You know, there was there's training trails at the at the Overland Experts facility uh, over in Virginia. Um, so we just you know picked a few choice trails and sort of made a course out of it. And the executives, and when I say the executives from Firestone, I mean everyone from the engineer who designed the tire all the way you know, all the way up and down the chain, all of the executives, they bust them in, they put them in Jeeps. Um, almost all of them had never driven off-road before, which is part of the reason why we were there, <laughs> probably to help protect these brand new Jeeps. <laughs> um, and um, <clears throat> they took them around the track and, and each person got a chance to drive a vehicle with the BFG KM2s and the fire station. Firestone Destination MT2s, which as I get more and more tired, I'm going to keep screwing that up as I say it. So it was a very interesting test, too. Um, they did sit us all down in a, test, in a tent and go down some specifics of the tire. Um, so I'll, I, I'll guess I'll dig into that next. Now that we know the background, now that we know how the course is going to work and, and the experience level of the drivers uh, and what vehicles they're on. So um, a, a little bit about the tires. Um, they've improved the compound so they don't chunk as much. Uh, in their chunking tests, they compared the old destination MTs to the new ones. Uh, and when they spun the tires on rocks, they sheared 13 lugs off the uh, old destination MTs. And the new ones, they didn't shear any in the same test. So it's it's an improved compound, obviously a little softer. Um, but that was impressive. And, and they, they had some great pictures uh, of of the two tires so you really got to see um, they have a proprietary uh, angle that they use uh, on on the base of the tire 
um, under the under the lugs um, that they they swear is the magic angle that they use the the magic 23 degree angle um, so that that's been incorporated into it the cool thing about it is the bead is actually a braided steel cable embedded in the in the rubber so uh, and I, I guess all tires work this way and I didn't know about that but uh, seems like it would be pretty tough to get to pop off a wheel you know that that was that was really interesting uh, they actually brought a cross section where you could see the steel cable in it um, they're still studdable when they always have been studdable for the snow they've got an uh, improved design of the lugs where the lugs are offset and they'll release mud faster uh, and with less wheel spin and but on the, alternatively they'll also pack down snow better for better traction, you know, like packing a snow wall with your hands. Um, that's how snow traction works with tires. You want it to pack into the lugs. So all these cool new features. Um, <clears throat> now that's, you know, there, there's, there was, there was some, some other things that they mentioned, but, um, one thing I want to say is they have limited sizes right now and they are actually putting out another 29 sizes. So I don't know what, sizes there you know that a few friends had asked me you know what sizes are they going to come in well um, we all tested on 265s so i'm sure they're going to be coming out with you know 33s and 35s and you know um i i know the destination mts i believe they came in 255s didn't they so i you know i don't know if the new one's going to be in that size but uh i would imagine that firestone's going to keep up with you know what was working on the old old set um <clears throat> so in terms of of rules of the game we'll talk about rules of the game um every driver had to drive obviously you know a, a bfg and a km2 we were not allowed to air any of them down uh below 38 pounds <laughs> and there's some reasons for this that i i actually can't talk about but um i'll let the listeners do their imagination if they know the fire the history of firestone that that will probably ring a bell but um considering they were basically at street pressure um, in, in the mud and in the slop. Uh, it was, you know, plenty of stream crossings that as the vehicles went through them, you know, obviously the, the wet just got dragged out and dragged out and just became muddy, you know, Virginia clay surfaces. So, uh, but, you know, obviously the KM2 is decent tire, and I know probably a lot of our listeners are using that tire, um, maybe more so than Destination MTs. Um, we saw um, a lot of similarities, a lot of similar performance between the two tires. And personally, in my own head, I was saying, well, the, the, this new this new one's very similar to the, the Cooper STT Pros, um, but it, it's certainly a dedicated mud terrain. So it, it probably did a little bit better than my Cooper would in terms of, you know, releasing mud and uh, just, you know, working its way through the mud. Um now, of course, we're coaching people with driving techniques here. So when they were going through muddy areas, you know, they had us saying, well, you know, do this and do that, um, you know, which are things that not everyone does when we see them. You know, a lot of people just nail the throttle and dive into a mud pit or, or something like that. Um, so, you know, we obviously weren't allowing that to happen, um, you know, unless it was absolutely necessary for someone to throttle. Um, so, you know, rules of the game were just, you know, slow and low. No lockers, no traction aids, uh, no disconnectable sway bar, which is a feature of the Rubicon. 
and um but I, I did see a couple of cool things like off camber in the mud it, it just seemed like the 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 firestones seemed to hang on a little better and that's a situation where any tire is going to slide side you know the, the vehicle is going to slide laterally um so it it seemed like the the firestones hung on a little better um <clears throat> of course you're never getting the same driver taking the same line so not a perfectly scientific test you know uh with a control group and all that but but it did seem like they the new firestones hung on a little bit better uh in those off camber muddy situations where you're just going to slide sideways no matter what and um situations where turning in mud i jason have you ever tried to, to you know take a left turn or a right turn in, in the mud and you just kind of keep going forward and just plow the mud oh, that ever absolutely yeah <laughs> um so the firestones were a little bit better at handling that and tur actually turning instead of plowing you know of course under the right driver direction um you know but um they they seem to handle it a little better they seem to you know obviously i don't think there's any tire other than maybe a tractor tire that's gonna really handle that well um but but they seem to do a little bit better um, and on rocks and things like that, I, I, I have to say they all did seem to be the same. And at 38 pounds, that's what I would expect any tire to do. You know, they're either going to bounce off the rock <laughs> or slip off the rock, you know, especially as the rocks, you know, there was uh, rocky stream beds that we were guiding them through. Um, and I do have some footage of that on my, my uh, personal Facebook page. Uh, which I don't generally invite people to because it's it's you know my personal page, but I can throw that up on the podcast page so people can check it out. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, a, a, a tire air to 38 pounds on wet rocks, I think they're all going to basically act the same. Maybe the ATs would do a little better, right? Who knows? That's all imagination. Um, but they did as as well as they could, and things like um, releasing mud, I. I kind of favored the uh the firestones i thought they released the mud a little sooner and a little faster uh and with less wheel spin than the km2s um <clears throat> you know again that's something that would change under air pressure so uh, i really wish they had let us um experiment more with uh with the air pressure but uh you know they they paid us to do a job and we did it and you know everybody was happy and and, and it worked out great but um you know of course as as off-road gear junkies and you know everybody's a tire fan you know we're like oh can we do this can we do that you know what if we could do this what if we could you know we would talk amongst ourselves like oh i'd love to you know take it over here and do this we we just weren't weren't uh, able to to do all that kind of cool stuff and and that's you know Everybody thinks our job is glorious, but sometimes we just have to do what we're told. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but um, it, what was really cool, and and um, all our recovery vehicles for this thing um, were all Toyotas. <laughs> well, of <laughs> um, course they were. <laughs> right, right. So the first day, it, it was a, it was on a two-day. Um, it was across two days and the first day all the executives did everything and then the next day was a media day so you know uh, peterson's off-road was there and some other you know magazines and websites blogs and personalities you know people um <clears throat> so uh you know just 
uh, across the two days. Um, the first day I, you know, I was my vehicle. What I say was my, it's, it's a, they have a fleet of Toyotas. So, uh, that day I picked an 80 series and of course, you know, it had been chewed up and spat out because it's a training vehicle, you know, uh, but it was all together, you know, it was in good running order and, and, and everything was tight. Um, <clears throat> maybe just a little bit of a raisin surface on some of the corners, but, um, it was, it was a good, it was a good 80 and, and, um, there was one particular mud pit, uh, that everyone was struggling with because it was um, the exit of a river crossing. And so you had to climb up about two or three feet. But as you can imagine, it just turned into this slick, muddy mess, you know. And we had a winch about 12 of them the first day uh, in the 80. And then so the second day I said, well, somebody else has to go stand around the mud all day. Um, so <laughs> I ended up back there again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but I had a couple more hands with me and we, we brought a set of max tracks just, just to minimize the amount of winching we had to do because it was slowing down the group, you know, to, to have to winch these things up. Um, so, and the max tracks worked really well, uh, in, in the way that we used them, which was sort of, you know, because it was an exit of a river crossing, we, we just placed them in the, in the, the tire ruts and it just gave everyone a little more you know, traction to climb up out of, and there wasn't a, a huge wheel spin, you know, situation. Uh, you know, we were controlling driver speed, so <clears throat> we weren't, we weren't letting them hammer the skinny pedal. But, uh, so yeah, that second day I said, well, I want another vehicle today. So I jumped in a right-hand drive diesel, uh, HJ 75, and I just wanted to drive it home. I, it was such a fun, land cruiser to drive I, I really enjoyed it um i couldn't find third gear because it was a training vehicle <laughs> and uh, the, the the interesting thing is right hand drive and everybody's like oh you're just gonna mess it up you know but i got in and and it, it actually was you know i don't drive standard shift a heck of a lot but i know how and um i had actually driven uh, a right hand drive uh FJ 45 from well, I had to drive it from Flagstaff to Las Vegas once for, for a friend and I got the hang of it really quick. So when I sat in this HJ, it was just like, I don't know. I didn't even have to think. I just drove it like, like I already knew I didn't have any trouble with, you know, stepping on the wrong pedals or any of the mistakes people make. But <clears throat> I tell you, I could find every gear, but third. <laughs> so I blamed the transmission. And of course, you know, the, the guys I was working with were like, it's you, but um, <laughs> that was just such a fun vehicle to drive. I mean, the thing you, you, you put it in um, first gear and you just at the bottom of a hill and, and, and you just, it just climbed right up. It was just torque all day. It was just great. So, so um, but, uh, oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to step on you. Oh, I was going to say that about wraps it up. I mean, without, beating this to death i i don't have a dog in the fight here okay i don't work for firestone i don't work for bf goodrich i don't work for jeep um <laughs> and uh you know i was just uh <clears throat> you know staff on hand there to to help these these inexperienced drivers uh do the job that you know recoveries and things were performed correctly it wasn't my job to test anything although i'm free to express my opinion on things so, you know, I just hope our listeners keep that in mind. I don't have a dog in the fight here. Uh, I have been a Firestone Destination MT 
fan for a long time. I've actually owned both of the tires. And um, now that I see these new MT2s, I'm pretty excited about them just because I'm a fan of the old ones. So, um, you know, maybe I'll see if uh, I can get my hands on a set. And, and uh, you know, of course, I don't get any freebies or anything special. But, um, <clears throat> you, know, uh, you know, if they came out, I would certainly give them a try. And, you know, our listeners out there who are big tire fans can keep an eye on it for them coming out in the market i would definitely um say you know check these things out see what you think see if you think it'll suit your needs and and if you get a chance check them out on the trail because i think they did great and i didn't have the greatest km2 experience and i think we talked about this in uh in a previous episode didn't you have a set of km2s at one time? Uh, i did not we we talked about a buddy of mine that had a set but uh i i personally have never had any not a big fan yeah. of them no, no. And but, I mean, you see them on tons of trucks. I mean, people love them. Oh, they're, um, they're a popular tire, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Um, but I think these things definitely gave them a run for their money. And, and like I said, we wish we had a couple days just on our own because, you know, we, we know how to torture a tire. <laughs> <clears throat> but it, it was a fun thing. It was a fun thing. So, you know, hope our leader, readers enjoyed – or readers. We don't have any readers. Hope our listeners enjoyed uh, getting to hear a little bit about that. And, uh, I went right from that event to jumping on a plane out to OEX West, which we're going to talk about in an, another episode. Because otherwise, we have, we have a pretty uh, we have a pretty big show this uh, this episode. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Um, just uh, real quick, Rich, did, did did you hear any kind of a timeline or anything as far as? I know most tire companies, when they introduce a new tire like this, they do a kind of a staggered rollout of sizes and that kind of stuff. And and you had kind of alluded to that a little bit. Do you, did they give any indication of uh, what you know what to expect to to get most sizes on the market? Um, maybe not exact I dates or anything, or but just kind of an idea what some of the listeners may be able to uh, to expect if it's if it's a tire that they're interested in, so they know when they can can kind of start looking they they were talking about another 29 sizes within the next three months and then after that i don't know they they didn't they didn't say what was that you know 29 sizes is quite a bit so um i i mean i you know i'm gonna say i wouldn't be surprised if these were on some of the newer vehicles coming out next year and and i'm and i'm and i'm sort of looking at the jeep you know but who knows? Who knows what they're really going to do? But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. <clears throat> but, yeah, within the next three months, we should start seeing them. And there was enough media outlets there where actually uh, if someone is interested in pursuing it, you know, check out. Um, <clears throat> and there were some other people there, um, some other publications and blogs. Uh, and I'm sure some of our readers have already heard about them. Um but you know you can get more detailed technical specifics it's 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 hard to quote you know show charts and diagrams over a podcast sure absolutely but i <laughs> but um <clears throat> some of the chart charts that they did i say chart um, <laughs> that's definitely not what i meant um so, some of the charts and diagrams they were showing us in their powerpoint presentation were were pretty interesting i, I i'm a i'm a sucker for a good pie chart you know well, as a general rule, they just confused me. But 
<laughs> but you like pie. I, I do. I do. Some. Some. Depends on the pie. What kind of pie? What's your favorite kind of pie? Um, I'm, I'm just, you know, good old American. Uh, I'm all about some, some apple pie. Well, Rich, it's, it's really cool that, uh, that you had that opportunity to go, go down there and, and uh, check that stuff out for, for Firestone and, and all the other folks that were, were involved in it. And uh, I, I it, wish that it, that I could get involved in stuff like that, but I, I think it's neat that you were, and, and uh, I'm jealous that you got to drive a, a uh, 75. I'm not a huge fan of right-hand drive vehicles. If, if I had a 75, it would, I would prefer it to be left-hand drive, but it, uh, the overall experience is, is kind of neat. Would, would you like to take just a, just a second, just to discuss the overall uh, the overall experience, or or is it close enough to other things that you've done that you're just over the excitement of it? Um, you know what? It, I mean, it just other than the amazing torque and the way it would just climb up hills. Um, just my frustration with not being able to find third gear. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, I would just go from either you know first to fifth, or you know, or I mean, um, second to fifth, or or. Uh, uh, second or first, but I just couldn't couldn't find third. Couldn't find third. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 it was it would suck because you know you'd you'd run through years first, then second, then fifth, and then by the time I found third, I needed to be back in first. <laughs> so, um, you know, I can blame some of this on not not driving manual shift vehicles regularly enough to you know sort of feel it. But I I, I mean. You know, it's it's not my first time. I've been driving manuals, you know, long before I had owned an automatic. I drove, rode a motorcycle for a while. So, you know, I know how to work it. But uh, I managed to do it without burning the clutch. But, man, it was just such a fun vehicle to drive. The thing just wanted to go. It just it felt like uh, it was unstoppable. And it just had old, old man emus on it. I think it was an old mining truck because the battery was on the outside of the vehicle on the side behind the passenger seat. And so when I say the passenger seat, obviously, I mean what would be the U.S. driver's side. But the, the battery was actually external on the vehicle. And so I don't know if that was for, for mining or what. But a friend of mine had said, yeah, those are those are old mining trucks. Um, uh, do you know anything about that, why they would have the battery on the outside like that? Uh not uh not for sure i i I do want to mention a side side note about uh about the place that you guys were at though um Mm -hmm. when when you're when you're done i'll fit it in because it's it's almost completely irrelevant but uh still tied in with that same facility yeah we uh pardon me we have a guy in our club that uh we we all know those those guys that just come across amazing deals constantly on uh, Toyotas especially, but, uh, you know, t- Craigslist deals and, and, and stuff like that. Um, it, it, every b- group of friends has got that got that guy. Well, That lucky guy. That, that lucky guy. And this guy in our club, he, he literally makes, makes a living buying and selling uh, Land Cruiser parts and, and trucks and uh, just buying and selling constantly. And uh, I want to say it was three years ago at our, our event, uh, Great Smoky Mountain Trail Ride. Not not long before that, 
he had purchased, I want to say, four or five 80 series Land Cruisers from this training center that you were at, Rich, um, as well as some other vehicles, uh, some uh, second gen forerunners and, and different stuff like that. And per usual for this individual, he, he got an absolutely fantastic deal on them. I, I, I don't know exactly what he paid, but I know he got them super cheap. So uh, th this was right before our event, and, and I'll try to keep this short. But he decides to uh, to come to our event or, or, or bring one of these 80 series to, to our event. And he lives in Kentucky, and I'm not sure how far a drive it is for him to get to from where he lives to Winrock. I think it's four or five hours, something like that. And he had pulled this 80 series with a half-ton pickup from from where he lived to to Winrock, and when he got there, he he just grumbled and, and griped around about how crappy it was pulling that eighty series with that half ton pickup. If he had his choice, he'd just leave it there and so on and so forth. And folks, to say that this gentleman beat the snot out of this eighty series while it was at, at the event, um, I'll do the best I can. There's actually some video of this thing with all four tires off the ground. Um, just <laughs> getting thrashed. But uh, to make a long story short, he did not take it home. Um, because he buys and sells and, and that kind of stuff, he decided to uh, to ask the, the, the uh, event committee if it would be all right if he had a secondary raffle for this, this particular 80 series. And... Uh, just ended up raffling it off at the event. So I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he had been a Land Cruiser guy for a long time, and, and somewhere throughout the years he had bought a Jeep. But he still still comes to our event because he was was and is a friend of the club, and, and everybody enjoyed having him at the event, but he had, he had bought a Jeep. Well, this, this gentleman got back into the Land Cruiser community for a $25 raffle ticket for a Beat to Snot 80 series that had led a... a a very uh very destructive life probably from from the day it rolled off the assembly line till till when you wound up with it but i i thought it was kind of neat when you brought the 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 name of that facility up that i i knew that uh that chad had had gotten a few trucks from up there so anyway that was my long story i i think they do sell off some of their stuff time to time and and i had said hey if you guys ever get rid of this hj i really want it but someone had remarked that it was nearly impossible to get registered here in the States. And I don't know if that's for emissions reasons or what, or maybe they just weren't fully informed. And I know that varies state, state to state, but, um, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I really fell in love with that thing. I, I thought it was just, just a fun truck and, and, uh, something, something about right-hand drives, you know, I don't know if it's just the uniqueness of it or if it actually, just uh, feels more normal for me to drive that way. Something about it, I just really enjoyed it. I'm I'm too right-handed for that. I I drove right-hand vehicles, but trying to shift with my left hand is uh, it proves to be very challenging for me. I can do it, but it 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 proves to be be pretty challenging. But I have to admit, it, it, when when I had to drive that that FJ45 from Flagstaff to to Las Vegas. That was right-hand drive. When we got to Vegas, uh, my friend Ben, who was the owner of it, he, he said, 
you know, he was in his his other vehicle, which was an FJ Cruiser. He said, let's go for a ride down the Vegas Strip because I had never been down there before. So it was kind of fun to, to drive down the the Vegas Strip in, the, in this. And it was a, a tr- the Troopy model uh, FJ45. So it had the, the, you know, the jump seats in the back and all that. And it was just a big, enormous, you know, Australian looking safari truck. And, and just going down with that right hand drive and, you know, all all the drunks walking down the <laughs> sidewalk in, in Vegas. And, you know, I just got my arm out the window. I'm looking at, looking at all the people and they're looking back like, wait, you know, and it was funny too. You'd go down the highway and, and, you know, somebody would pass and you know how people just sort of look over at the driver that they're passing, you know, just, just sort of normal people behavior and they'd look over and they wouldn't see anybody there <laughs> i said, was thinking i said how how much fun would it be if i had a dog with me <laughs> to just <laughs> sit in that seat and put like a fake steering wheel there <laughs> just imagine just but, imagine how tourists from overseas feel when they come come here to north america and see us driving not only on the wrong side of the vehicle but on the wrong side of the road so well, you, you know, the way most, uh, after my 14 hour drive, uh, everyone's on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> That's just cause you think they're in your way. Oh man. Well, those are, those are just the slower ones. I got you. They're, they're idiots. They're not maniacs. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, <laughs> remind me not to get in front of you. I don't want to be an idiot or be too slow in front of you anyway. We've both been in front of each other on the trail enough, and we both know we're both idiots out there. <laughs> Especially after that 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 stunt we pulled at G Smitter, which we're going to tell our listeners about uh, in a future in a episode. Future but episode. Just, just 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 for just for a teaser, Jason had two, maybe four wheels of the Forerunner off the ground, and we're going to just leave it at that. And you guys are just going to have to tune into the next episode. We don't have pictures for proof, but we do have witnesses. So we have we have plenty of eyewitnesses, and I think the reason why there's no pictures or video is because everyone was too busy just watching this all happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it'll be a it'll be a fun story to tell at some point, but absolutely. Until then, um, we do have an interview for for this episode, and it's not. Uh, it's just an informative conversation. Um, you, you folks that listen to the show on, on a regular basis, you've heard Brett's name um, probably more times than Brett would care for us to, to hear, for you to hear Brett's name. But Brett wanted to, uh, Brett, Brett hosts uh, or, or organizes uh, Appalachian Toyota Roundup um, Labor Day weekend. And this will be the third year for... Uh, for Appalachian Toyota Roundup. Uh, Rich and I attended last year. We're planning on attending again this year. And Brett wanted to come on the show and announce a few things and and kind of break some news um, about the event. So we'll go ahead and run that that interview real quick. I apologize, folks. Uh, Brett and I are kind of like Rich and I when we we start talking. We headed down a couple of rabbit trails and got off topic a little bit, but we we tried to get things turned around and keep it a little bit short. But uh, we'll turn it over to that that interview real quick and and, uh, let you all listen to that and hear what Brett's got to say about about Appalachian Toyota Roundup. 
Oh, and uh, before we run the interview, I just I just wanted to let the listeners know that, uh, you know, Brett did just get out of the hospital. And uh, when they when they did that work on his brain, they did remove the wrong part. So, you know, it may be a little tough to understand them sometimes. He's really, you know, he's plugging plugging along well. And we're you know, we're behind him. We're so proud of him that he can come on and do these interviews despite his condition. <laughs> he's he's going to fire us. <laughs> no. All righty, folks. I, Rich, <laughs> anything else before we get to the interview? That, you know... No, that's that. I think I think that's set up rather nicely. Okay. All right. You know, go, go ahead and dig us <laughs> some holes here. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that, folks. We'll get to the interview and then we'll uh, we'll get back and kind of wrap 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 stuff up. All right, folks, joining me on the show right now, you, the, the longtime listeners of the show have heard this gentleman's name uh, tons of times, and we, we talk about his event as often as we can because we think it's a great event, and, and we're happy to, uh, to get behind it and be a part of it. Um, Mr. Uh, uh, Brett Upsing from Appalachian Toyota Roundup. How you doing tonight, Brett? Great, Jason. How you doing? I am... Uh, I, I couldn't be better if there was two of me. <laughs> we uh, we got you back here to uh, to talk about uh, ATR twenty seventeen. This is uh, this is the third year of the the event. Is that that correct? Correct. Yeah, this is our, our third year. Um, coming in strong, doing uh, doing it to it. I guess you'd say. Uh, got registration in full force. Um, doing good on registration numbers are coming in we're thrilled the community has really stepped up and got behind this event and we appreciate all of that and um, appreciate all the nice things you guys have to say about the event on the show well like i said we're we're happy to be behind it we you know we the the last time you were on and and folks if if you want to hear a really long form interview between me and Brett, I don't remember what episode it was. It was way, way back early, but, uh, the Toyota trucks and trails podcast and, and ATR, we kind of both had the same vision and the same, same goal for the community of, of just, um, kind of bridging a, a, what, what seems to be a divide in, in, within the Toyota community. And we just want everybody to embrace everybody else and, and have, a you know, we want the podcast to be the the place that that any Toyota owner can come and and have uh, have something that that is just Toyota based and and with uh, with Appalachian Toyota Roundup. But Brett, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I I believe that that's kind of the the direction and the goal for for uh, for why you put ATR ATR together. You know, uh, three years ago or so, or four years ago. Yes, that's uh, you hit it. That was really there were two things that uh, that were the key points that we felt the event really needed to focus on. The first thing we wanted to get all the models of Toyotas in the off-road vehicle side at the same event. We wanted to end the segregation, for lack of a better term, that was existent in the Toyota off-road community, where 
you know, your, your land cruiser guys were doing their events and your Tacoma guys and your forerunner guys and your FJ cruiser guys, because we, it's funny thing, you'd have an event and it would be that event for that particular model. And then you go back and your pickup rides and your wheeling trips and you'd be out there wheeling with all your buddies. And it's kind of didn't make sense to me why everything had to be separate and why we couldn't have a, a, a large event where everybody could come and enjoy the event as a group. That was one of the key things that I thought was missing in the community. It's one of the things that we promote is getting everybody out there across the model lines. And, you know, of course, the second thing is it's it's a charity event. Um, that was the, the second thing. We wanted to make it different. We wanted to make sure that this benefited the off-road community. There are a lot of great events out there. I mean, a lot. And we, as an event, try to promote them. Um, we, we um, you know, Rich's Northeaster event, um, G-Smitter, coming up here in a couple weeks where you and I are going to spend some time together great events in the Toyota community. Um, you know, you've got the Texas Jambo, you've got a lot of great events. We wanted to take it one step further and get this event actually supporting the community instead of just from a standpoint of it being an event for the community. We wanted it to support the community and the growth of the hobby. That's the reason why we chose to do a charity benefactor. Every event, we pick an off-road foundation, um, lots to choose from, uh, Blue Ribbon Coalition, Southern Freeway Drive Association, Tread Lightly. There's a lot of them out there that are doing wonderful things to fight to keep our trails open, to, you know, do the things that, that we feel are important. You know, the getting the education process going on, you know, in the OHV side of things for using your vehicle on public and private lands the proper way, learning about trail conservancy, sustainability. Those are a lot of things that people are aware of, but they don't really think about it. And if you bring it to the foreground in an event and you talk about those things and you get that education going, you know, on, on driver safety and responsibility, it, it kind of, you kind of can grow the community through education. And that's, that's really what we wanted to focus on for the event. Well, I, I think that that's a, a uh, awesome direction to go in, in such an important uh, such an important thing to have happen within the within the community. I know a, a, a lot of events you know uh, kind of lean that direction too but but being solely to to benefit the, the community as a whole and not just the Toyota community but the off-road community as a whole I think is, is so important and uh again you know it, it, here at the podcast that's that's where where we're at is too we we love the toyotas and in the toyota community but we're, we're off-roaders at heart and uh it is uh it's super important to support our hobby from from every direction that we can because lord knows it's being attacked from from every direction that it can be so we lose land every year, and that's um, that's something that we see happening, and we'd love to prevent that as much as we can, and hopefully by education on both sides, not just in our community, but also in the communities that don't necessarily understand what we do and what we're about. 
there's a, uh, everybody has bad apples. And if we can identify those bad apples and, and maybe show them the light, the right way to do things, uh, we get a lot of guys that don't realize certain things that they're affecting, you know, driving in creek beds and, and some of the stuff that goes on in the off-road community that if you did things just a little bit differently, you could still drive in the same areas, the same places, and have just as much fun if you just did it slightly different. Not to mention, Not to mention. that, that uh, right, trying to um, enlighten the overall community, you know, just the, the non-off-road community, that uh, there were not a bunch of uh, ruthians out just, you know, destroying nature. Um, and when they see a, a positive event take place, <clears throat> pardon me, it, uh, it does a lot to, uh, to improve the image of, of off-roading as a whole. And I think that that is also a super, super important thing that uh, like it or not you know we we've due to those bad apples and, and and due to misconceptions about about our hobby from the general public um the off-road community has kind of obtained a bad stigma that uh, is another side of it that we need to work on we need to we need to get people that that may not embrace what we do but um uh, that they don't want to take it away from us either and, and are willing to come in and help us help us support what we do or be able to continue doing what we do so true there's a lot of um uh, ecoist and environmentalist out there that uh as soon as they hear anything with the four-wheel drive community they they get a picture in their mind of uh, some guy doing donuts you know in an area that's uh, uh protected and unfortunately stuff like that has happened we've went through some of that here in east tennessee uh six seven years ago we had an incident on max patch where people went up on top of max patch mountain in the winter time and just uh, uh just tore it up and that is the things that we have to overcome and if we can you know shine the light and, and get the guys that want to get out there and do things the right way um, communicating to others and kind of leading by example and prevent some of those uh, <laughs> misfortunes that uh, we've been kind of grouped together with, then that will go a long way. And it uh, that olive branch can be extended out into those communities where people can understand that the majority, and when I mean majority, I'm talking above the 99 percentile of the off-road community are some of the most environmentally friendly people that you have ever met. And we do normally more benefit by being in an area than we do harm. In my opinion, um, I'll, I'll state it that way, and there are people that can possibly argue that. I'm sure there are plenty. But I have seen more people um, picking up trash stopping to um do trail maintenance moving trees stuff that happens out there on the trail system where people will take the time to make the environment better whether it's something in a creek or something on a trail it gets picked up whether it's something that's causing a water um we have a lot of creeks here aren't you know that we're basically geographically in the same area. 
how many trees fall down in these small creeks and redirect water out of the creek bed. I've seen countless guys strap up the trees and pull them to the side of creek so the water is diverted back to the right direction. Just small stuff like that that forestry service guys are normally out there doing. And that's, I think, if we painted a different picture in the environment of what most of us are doing on a daily basis or when we're in the woods with our vehicles on a daily basis, they might take a little different view of the hobby in general. Sure. Absolutely. And that that's that should be anybody that, that enjoys off roading, that should always be in the back of your mind that, that we need to uh we need to put the best image that we can forward to uh to the general public because uh there there's like like I said, and I, I don't mean to, to to beat a dead horse or, or you know, just, just keep beating on the same subject, but there are so many people out there that want to take this away from us, and uh, the the off road the, the the Toyota community is is huge. The off road community as a whole is is much bigger, but we we still need to influence the general public to uh, as many of them as we can to be on our our side as well. And in order to do that, we we have to. Uh, have to do everything that we can to to maintain a good image and, and to improve it in places where it's been been kind of tarnished by uh, folks that are are they, they don't make up the whole, but um, they're they're the ones that get the most attention. So you know we don't uh, there's not uh, not national news stories about people that that drive around Moab, Utah, and and, and clean up Moab, but. Uh, let somebody ride on a shot, ride on a rock with a sharpie out there, and you know it makes makes national news. And yes, yes, that is, the, uh, and prime prime example. Um, you're going to have those things that we're going to have to overcome, and uh, they. I'm sure, Jason, it wasn't even a thought that went through their mind, and a little bit of pre-education would have went a long way if they understood how that affected the environment. Um, it's not something that the rain was just going to take off in a shorter period of time. Um, the unsightliness, the, the bad publicity, all of that goes. When you're under attack, you don't want to do blatant things like that that are going to draw attention in a negative way to what we're doing when we're fighting so hard to keep our trails open. Right. And, and you know, Rich and I talked about that that particular incident when it when it took place and uh i i don't mean to derail the conversation from your your event uh, brett that's why you're here and i apologize but i oh I no no you're you're fine this is positive stuff for the for the community that's what the event's about so carry on well I, I, you know rich and i rich and i talked about the event out there in utah when it when it happened and not defending the people that, that did it it was wrong it was it was stupid but at the same time we we've all gotten caught up in the moment and got excited about the moment and just not put thought into doing things in the the proper way. I I'm guilty of it. I think everybody is at least on some level. But we need to minimize those those times as often as possible. Um again, I'm not I'm not going to keep keep beating on it, but uh I agree. I agree. But it's in 
from a personal standpoint, I know, I personally know a few of the individuals that that affected out there that uh, were uh, leaped into that and involved with that. And very, very good people in the community have done a lot of great things, very active people. And it's just one of those things that uh, a lap of judgment that happened and unfortunately it spiraled into a big situation that had a lot of repercussions and those are the things that uh hurt the community so it it, it can happen to all of us you're absolutely right a, a, a lapse in judgment can before you know it bite you where you don't think it's going to yeah that's that that's my point and uh just to uh <laughs> to kind of change gears here, that, that, that conversation tends to, for those of us that are, are really passionate about, uh, about our hobby, that, that, that topic of conversation gets, tends to get a little depressing. So let's move on to, uh, let's move on to something a little more interesting and, and, and uh, a little more in the moment. Let's, let's talk about what you got planned for ATR this year and see if we can't, uh, can't lighten the mood here a little bit. Definitely. Well, here, the, perfect segue how about that we'll uh we'll we'll go into to something that that relates it but we'll we'll get back to the event on track here um here you go here's uh here's breaking announcements you guys are, are getting the 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 first release of this information you guys are going to be breaking headlines with this episode it hasn't publicly been released yet and we wanted to to return the kindness that you've showed us by doing a little bit of an event announcement through you guys first well that's that's that, much appreciated man i appreciate it we're uh our charity benefactor for this year kind of in play with what we were talking about is tread lightly um we have chosen them just like we always do through our off-road foundations that support the community and the hobby this year our charity benefactor is going to be tread lightly any uh, money that we raise at the event, and the event is a hundred percent a charity event. There is nothing paid back to the event. We cover our expenses every dime left, from admissions to any other ways that we raise money, from T-shirt sales, patch sales. We're doing a couple other things at the event this year, um, as far as doing uh, uh, charity raffle items. All of those funds from the event go 100% to our charity benefactor. So this year, that's going to be Tread Lightning. That's awesome. I, I couldn't think of a better, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, a better charity to uh, to get behind. Um, they uh, they need all the help that we that we can give them a, as a community, and, and I think it's awesome that that's uh, that's the direction you're going this year. Very cool. Yes. So everybody listening to this, get out there and support your foundations, whether tread lightly, Southern four wheel drive, blue ribbon, anybody that you know that is doing positive things for the community, they need your help. And that is something that is an event we try to do. If you do it through an event or if you just do it on your own, that's something the hobby needs. That's something the community needs as a whole. If we don't fight to keep this stuff, we're going to lose it, and we're going to be a bunch of guys that have some really nice trucks that can drive around the streets where we live. Exactly, exactly, and uh, none of us, uh, none of us want that. So, like Brett said, get get out and and uh, 
support the events that su support these organizations and, and just support these organizations, uh, period, because uh, they, they absolutely, absolutely need our help. And uh, if, you're, if you're a gun owner and a, and a member of NRA and an off-roader and not, you know, not supporting uh, Blue Ribbon Coalition or Tread Lightly or, or those organizations, organization, those, those are the ones that are fighting for, for us to be able to keep doing what we're doing. And uh, it, it falls right in that same line. So, uh, like Brett said, get out and get out and support these folks and uh, support events that, that get behind them as well. So, Definitely. Well, where, uh, where do we want to go? Um, I can uh, give everybody a quick rundown. I know everybody's pretty familiar with the event. Uh, I don't want to waste too much of your time or theirs. I know these uh, episodes get pretty long. We had an hour and a half one last time, so I'll yeah. try to keep it streamlined for everybody. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, just uh, run, run, through, uh, run through the... Uh, you know, a real, real brief description of, of the event schedule. If you've got that that ready to go already, and uh, I know you'd mentioned there was there were some things that have been changed around this year and going to be done a little bit different. Um, be sure to get that kind of stuff out as well, too. Definitely, the everybody that's not familiar with the event, anything that I'm going over is all spelled out on our website, which is AppalachianToyotaRoundup.org. We have a Facebook page as well. Um, something new that we added here just recently is a, a group page connected to our main event page on Facebook. So there's plenty of social media out there, Instagram and the website. We try to keep everyone overly informed. The, uh, the event has turned into a, a, a huge success. We're just in our second month of registration here. We, uh, by demand... People were looking for some early registration benefits. People were asking for some type of reward for early registration. This year, we enacted our early registration raffles. Um, the first cutoff we already reached, and we had a, a electric cooler go out and a $300 gift certificate from Steve Springs at Southeast Overland. That was the two raffle prizes for early registration the second round of raffles is underway. If you register before May 31st, that's uh, about three weeks from now, when this airs, probably closer to two weeks. May 31st is the cutoff date for the last early registration raffle. We have two more prizes. We've got a $150 gift certificate from Josh Southeast Overland and a set of rigid LED lights that are going to find a home with somebody who uh, early registered for the event. And that's, um, it's been a really good turnout. We're, uh, we're already over 240 vehicles registered for the event. And we're just in, like I said, we're just about to hit two months of registration being open. Registration goes all the way through. Uh, I believe our cutoff date this year is July 31st. So we still have quite a few more, four, more months of registration to go. So we're hoping the event uh, is the biggest by far that uh, we have. We've already superseded our two previous years in the first two months, so that's a great thing. Uh, the only other side note I'll throw out there regarding registration, 
It is a pre-registration event, guys. You do have to pre-register for this. Uh, the event is an all-inclusive pass. If you don't have a Windrock pass, that's part of your pass. When you go to sign up, there's two different options. If you have an annual pass for Windrock or you don't, and when you sign up, that's all-inclusive. Everything from your shirt, all your credentials, two meal tickets, access into the event area from Thursday night, August 31st, all the way through till uh, September 4th, Labor Day morning, is when the event area gets cleaned out. So... Go online, check everything out. I'll give uh, kind of just a, a brief rundown. Everything starts off that Thursday, August 31st. Hey, Brett, be, be, before you continue, um, I'm going to pause you for just a second. And just to, to clarify for you and for your benefit, um, go back through your notes and, and check who your, your uh, second set of rifle prizes is from. Okay. Because I, um, because I think you misspoke. Uh, Josh at Apex. Okay. Is a Josh at Apex Overland has a hundred and fifty dollar gift card, and we have a set of LEDs from Rigid. Okay, I'm not not poking at you, but you initially said Josh from from Southeast Overland, so. Oh. Want to want to keep those sponsors happy, buddy. Yeah, definitely. If I did there, yeah, no, that's going to be an interesting, I'm going to have some interesting text messages when this thing airs. Steve and Josh <laughs> both are going to have a blast with this. I'm sure I hear from Rich, too. That'll be good. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's Steve at Southeast Overland that did the first $300 raffle uh, gift certificate, and Josh at Apex Overland for the $150 gift certificate for the second round i appreciate that jason that would have uh that would have went over poorly <laughs> not not a problem not a problem and again i i wasn't trying to poke at you i just want to make sure make sure you're uh you're giving your your sponsors proper word service there so absolutely couldn't do it without them the the list is long and and uh maybe on a follow-up episode or at the event we'll, we'll give them a little bit more feedback there we couldn't do it without the sponsors and we have so many that I don't want to clog up the show, but I mean, everybody, they're listed on the website. We couldn't do it without these guys. It's, uh, we have such a, a large raffle. We break it into two nights. The mega raffle goes on Friday and Saturday night during the event. Last year, we had over $60,000 of raffle prizes. Uh, we had four or five bumpers last year. It's, it's huge. And I know that the attendees really, really, really like that part of the event. And we couldn't put that part of the event on without some great sponsors. Um, and we have a long list, you know, from Steve and Josh um, to, to Bud at Bud Built, um, Mark Holly over at um, uh, Metal Tech. We've got Toy Tech. We've got everybody in the industry steps up to support this. And like I said, I won't, I won't get into a long list here to get detracted from the event and the schedule and stuff like that. But we couldn't do it without them. Oh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I, I will sit back and let you continue, continue on with the, uh, the, uh, scheduled list of activities. So I'll, I'll, no, I'll... it works better when we, when we communicate like this anyways, instead of just me over here talking, I feel like I, I blab. I tell you every time I get on here, it's, it's, uh, it's one thing to get on here and have a conversation with you when you're over here and just talking by yourself, you feel like you're hogging the show. So, 
Well, we'll uh, we'll make it work. If if I catch any more slip ups, I'll I'll make sure and, and uh, step in. All right. <laughs> well, we'll go back. Um, like I said, the event opens Thursday, August thirty first. Three p.m. is when the gates open, and everybody can start filing in. Go through your tech inspection. Um, don't let that term uh, uh, scare you guys. Uh, the requirement for vehicle safety equipment is a fire extinguisher. It's the only piece of equipment that's required. So everybody attending the event that has a vehicle that's going to go out on the trails has to have a fire extinguisher in your vehicle. And I know everybody beats that to death. You should have it in there anyways. Nobody should be wheeling without a fire extinguisher. Uh, that being said, the tech inspection is relative for environmental reasons. We want to make sure you're not dumping oil, antifreeze, diff fluid, something like that, disturbing, you know, Windrock's property and, and giving people reasons to say that we shouldn't be out there in the first place. Also, it's also for your safety. Make sure you don't have any suspension components hanging loose or anything like that. It's basically a walk around to make sure that your rig is trail ready. It's nothing comprehensive, nothing as far as lift, tire size, anything like that. Every vehicle is welcome. Something driven right off the showroom to buggies and truggies. We have everything at the event. So moving I, uh, on. I promise you, folks, if, if my Forerunner passed tech inspection last year, um, most of the, the average vehicle is not going to have an issue. So <laughs> it, It's not that bad. You don't give yourself <laughs> enough credit there. But point taken. <laughs> so... We've got uh, something we added Thursday night. We are actually added a band. We actually added uh, live entertainment Thursday night. So as guys are coming through on Thursday night, they're going to have a live band on stage. Uh, we've got Ben up there. Ben's played the event previously. Very, very good vocalist, good musician. He's going to be providing a little bit of uh, uh, background enjoyment as people are going through registration, getting their driver's bags, getting checked in, you know, going out, setting up their campsite. Something else that we added this year, too, to Thursday night, a lot of folks come a long way. We have people from California, Arizona, Maine, South Florida, guys that are driving a full day to get to this event. Some guys stop overnight and have to continue the second day. When they get there Thursday, a lot of guys want to get there, get checked in, get their camp set up or into their cabin or park their RV, however they're getting there. A lot of them don't feel like breaking out the mess and setting up the camp kitchen and running in town, even though it's only seven miles away. They're there. They're at the event. They want to stay there. One of the things that we didn't have real close for people was a way to get food. So what we did this year was, was we brought in a local restaurant it's called hog dogs people around the knoxville area are probably going to be familiar with them it's a local restaurant they do everything bacon wrap bacon wrap hot dogs bacon wrap corn dogs all kinds of good stuff like that they do chicken wings um hand cut french fries a bunch of really really good fare perfect for guys standing around after registration listening to some music maybe having some adult beverages and just relaxing after they made the long trip to the event. So we, we set that up. People requested that, so we listened. And that's something that uh, I think a lot of people are really going to appreciate this year. The next day, kind of pretty much a standard event. On Friday morning, everybody's going to 
come over for your driver's safety briefing at 10 a.m. We're going to get done with that as quickly as possible, get everybody out on the trails, get them back to the pavilion later that night. We start live music, 7.30. Dinner starts at 7.30. We run all the way through, normally end up starting our raffle sometime around that 8, 8.30 so we can get the raffle through and get everything quieted down. We normally try to start quieting things down by 11 o'clock. That's uh, the unspoken rule at Windrock is 11 p.m. is quiet time. So we try to get everything pretty close to ended by then. A lot of people still carry on and gather and stuff, but uh, we don't want to be on the loudspeakers or having the bands play or anything like that past 11. Plus, everybody wants to get up, be able to go out wheeling on Saturday, at least at least the normal people. I know you and I have spent several late nights and still had to, to be up nice and early for these, but that's because we're normally doing other stuff, trying to organize these things. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it, it plays out a little different when, when you're working an event, but, uh, not complaining, happy to do it. Happy to do it. Definitely. And the band for Friday night is, uh, another treat and, uh, another big announcement we're doing, uh, we've, kind of played the last few years brought in a lot of the the local folk music we've had uh some picking bands some banjo bands and stuff like that playing the event the last two years and it's been a success a lot of people come to this area so it goes with the themes it's that whole tennessee mountain vibe but we wanted to change it up we want to keep it ever growing we have a lot of people return to this event every year we didn't want to keep the same thing going this year we're kind of answering everybody's request and we're doing that whole southern rock classic rock theme so everything is going to be very classic and southern rock focused on our bands friday and saturday night um vinyl taps a great local band um they'll uh provide plenty of good entertainment on stage friday night the looking forward to that looking forward to it the next thing saturday Starts everything out kind of the same identical play. You're going to go through. We're going to have our little drivers meeting, get everybody out on the trails. Coming back through, same thing, 7 o'clock on Saturday night. Starts dinner. Live music starts at 7.30. Run through into the raffle after everybody gets done eating. Kind of the same exact thing. Saturday night, we've got another great band. It's a K-Town band. Local recording artist very very popular in the area plays all over tennessee georgia north carolina south carolina another really really big treat for everybody who's going to attend so the entertainment this year is something i think that a lot of people are really really going to enjoy probably going to be future request to keep it on that same theme well i i mean no disrespect to to the event or or the uh the artist that you had last year i i will just simply say not not my taste of music so th- this will will align itself fr- from the sounds of it will align itself a little bit a little bit more with uh with my taste of music but my taste of music is not not everybody else's so uh you you have to do what works for you buddy well we like i said we try to to keep everything um ever changing to make sure that we keep things fresh and, and new at the event. That's the reason why uh, um, I kind of implemented a few of these things this year. Talking to people, we 
have done it for two years. The third year, we're going to do something different. That was nice for the first two years. Country music and uh, uh, banjo um, picking music is not necessarily what you're going to find playing on my stereo either. Uh, I do... I do. I do. I did enjoy it. They were great bands, great, great entertainers, great music. And there was uh, um, a lot of stuff that uh, I, I recognize and relate to. A lot of those picking bands play some of the modern music. Um, so it wasn't a bad show by any means. But I think there's going to be a lot of people that are very, very happy with the direction we went with entertainment this year. So we'll, we'll see how it works out. But I have a feeling it's going to be something that's going to be a lot more lively and a lot more people are going to be uh, into it, that's for sure. Well, very very cool. And, and like I said, I look forward to it. And, and again, I, do, I don't mean to uh, I, I don't mean to to in any way diminish the guys that were there last year when we were there um, as a, a, a guy that kind of plays around musically myself. I, I admire anybody that uh, that makes music. So they uh they did a good job at it again just not uh not exactly my style and and i i'm glad to hear that uh it, it's not exactly the stuff that you listen to on a on a daily basis either <laughs> otherwise i i would have had to have lost some faith in you brett it it it, it would have uh it wouldn't have diminished our friendship any but it, i i would have had to to start you know a, a little bit anyway questioning you know where your mind is at sometimes well, we just took half of Rich's arsenal of jokes out of the Brett environment because <laughs> that whole banjo music thing, he was definitely playing that to the fullest extent on me. So we'll uh, we'll see what he comes up with next. There's never a shortage from Mr. LaRusso, so that'll be interesting. But, um, yeah, no, it, it was something I think was going to be good for the event. We'll see how it goes. I'm assuming that it's going to play well, but uh, you never know until it happens, right? Absolutely, absolutely, and, and please know that I'm 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 just poking fun and and mean oh. again. I mean no harm by it. So I think all of us poke enough fun um, at each other. I mean, you know, how many events do you know that send a guy flowers and a subway sandwich at his event just because you guys poke fun back and forth at each other, right? Well, <laughs> the only thing I can say about that is uh, I look forward to the. Uh, look forward to the repercussions of that and i have no inside information so i don't know what's going to happen all i know is it's been promised that there will be will be retaliation for that so i I am fully expecting it and we have medics on staff so uh i'm i'm expecting (laughs) it to be something serious but uh no i i i truly truly am uh, um anxiously awaiting i i'm actually uh um uh i'm i'm a little on the edge of my seat to see what uh what he's going to do in return but he he took it like a champ and he know it was um just so everybody knows what i'm referencing uh, a lot of the communities already aware uh it, it riches event um they had the northeast run and uh, uh like i said this event we support a lot of other events out there and communicate with the organizers actually um on our our facebook pages and stuff we we talk about their events and and recommend the events that we believe in that are good for the community and rich's event is one of those and to show him i i was going to attend that event at the northeast run and he had a date change that he had to move on me at the last minute and unfortunately with my racing schedule i could not attend 
And I gave him a hard time about that. And I know he felt really, really bad, but he didn't have a choice. It was uh, um, some park things, some park scheduling that was going on, and he had to change the date. And that's just how that works sometimes. So since I couldn't be there, uh, as, a, as a little joke, I sent him a bouquet of pansies. And I told him, you know, it was from the ATR crew, sent him a nice little car in there saying that, you know, we wish them a very successful event. Sorry we couldn't make it up there, but we'll definitely see him next year. And uh, as a joke, because I, I wanted to make sure that he was um, he was ready for the trails, I sent him a Subway sandwich, too. I, I didn't want him to be um, non-trail rated when he was at his event. So um, that was uh, that was the little thing we did for him. So I'm sure it was very, very confusing to a lot of folks to see a lady walking in the middle of him talking at the event yeah, with a, a bouquet of pansies and a Subway sandwich. Well, it, it went over quite well and, and fit in well with the event. So um, I, I am just, I, I'm going to continue to hopefully be that guy that just kind of st- stays in the background and uh, <laughs> doesn't uh, doesn't get on anybody's radar like that. So um, you guys can can have your fun between yourselves, and I, I will sit back and, and, and chuckle at the shenanigans, but uh, just uh, continue to hope that I don't get involved in them in some way. So. Well, in case the listeners haven't figured out, there is no shortage of a good time um, at these events. So that's uh, that's that's part of the fun of it. And uh, one of the reasons why we love doing this and love all the people showing up. Um, It's a great crowd. Um, We you know, we've got an army of supporters, um, hence the the new ATR army gear this year. And every single one of them is like family. And I know it's like that at the majority of these events. Um, whether it's Rich Event or, or G. Smitter for you, Jason, these really are, this is our off-road for Wheeling family, as a lot of people refer to it. A lot of times we only get to see them once a year, so it's like a family reunion for a lot of folks. And that's the way that I think if every event organizer could choose the way they wanted it to be, that's exactly how they'd want it. And it's, uh, you know, uh, drama free saying a family event may not work for some people. I've been to some family reunions <laughs> that were quite interesting, but it's a very tight knit group of people and everybody kind of treats everybody with respect and it's very drama free. So that's a, that's a good thing. And it says a lot about the community and a lot about the people that support um, this event and others. Absolutely. 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 Um, just to, uh, not, not to, to stop the conversation there, but to make sure that, that we get everything out. Um, are, are you doing the, the, uh, the photographer, you know, with the night runs up to the overlook and and that kind of stuff again this year, is that on, on the agenda? Um, we we are, we actually, um, I'll just, uh, you're, 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 you're on my little section of notes here of things to, uh, to make sure that, that I don't forget, um, just to uh, finish the schedule, after Saturday night ends and we roll into Sunday, we roll out, we, we ride again Sunday. Um, that's, you know, you're talking three days of rides, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, once Sunday night ends, everyone that uh, that gets a park permit with their pass, in other words, a non-annual pass holder, your pass is good till 11.59 Sunday night. And anybody that chose to take advantage of the discounted camping option, which is available when you register, um, when you sign up for that, it's a $12 camping option that brings everybody through from Thursday night all the way through till Monday morning. That uh, 
we ask everybody to be out of the camping area by 11 a.m. Monday morning. Um, and getting on to the other notes, to the to the things, yes, we are uh, going to have a couple different um, picture setups going. We're going to do the night picks again. Um, we're going to be setting it up a little different. We're not necessarily going to do the standard overland shot. We have done the LED uh, light picks the past few years, some of the burning steel wool shots, a lot of that stuff that a lot of people have really, really liked. But we're, we're growing a little bit. Um, we're going to do a little bit more uh, um, filter and trick photography this year using some uh, high-end camera equipment. We've got uh, Morgan Little. Everybody is pretty much familiar with Morgan from uh, uh, Team Vagabond. Uh, her, uh, her and Anna Lewis are the two young ladies that are actually running um, in the, the ladies' event. Everybody is, is pretty familiar with that. They're going to both be at the event this year. And Morgan is actually going to be doing a lot of the photography work for us. And she's going to be doing pics during the day and the nighttime. Very cool. I, I know that's a huge passion of, her, uh, of hers. And uh, she is, is actually going to be utilized for, for the same thing at G-Smitter. So it's, it's uh, really cool to, to see her being able to bring that passion into, uh, into the community and, and uh, benefit all of us that way that's that's good to hear yes her and anna both um morgan is uh, uh very active on social media very active on instagram and a very very good photographer who does a lot and is very active in the toyota community and her and anna both are doing a lot for the lady wheeler environment um running the rally this uh this summer so that's uh that's one of the great things um about events like this, you get a chance to meet a lot of great people. Uh, we're uh, we're in the process right now of, of trying to get Baker at the event. Uh, there's a good chance that Bakes FJ might be there. There's uh, some some issues possibly arising where he might be out of the country, so I can't say for sure right now that he is. But we're trying to get everything set up um, to get Bakes FJ at the event. He's definitely trying to attend, so we'll leave that there. But there's a, a lot um, of of benefits for attendees whether it's there for vendor row that's one of the things we take a lot of pride with at our event uh, a huge huge amount of vendors we average uh, somewhere between 15 and 20 vendors at the event each year so it's um i hate to use the term and, and i call it vendor row a lot of guys refer to it as it being like a mini expo but um we have a very nice vendor row set up where people can come in and get face-to-face -face time with a lot of these uh, manufacturers and vendors, uh, DB Customs, um, Ray and uh, Becky from Pure FJ Cruiser were there. Uh, we've got a lot of people in this Toyota off-road environment to support the event from a manufacturer and a vendor standpoint. And we, we like I said, we couldn't do it without them. And you'll also get to meet the two clowns from Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast because we're both going to be there again this year. So. That, that's true. That is true. That's um, we've got you guys up on the website, you know, is that um, as, a, as a media sponsor for the event. And um, I I got nothing <laughs> for you guys on that one. But uh, no, seriously, uh, no, no jokes aside. I've said it a thousand times, Jason, what you and Rich do for the community using this uh, form 
to, to reach out and spread the information and keep everybody knowledgeable on what's happening in the community is uh, it's priceless. And if anybody out there isn't listening to it, they should. And, you know, that's not just my opinion. That's just kind of a no brainer thing. When this kind of information is put out there like this, if you're not going to take advantage of it. You're kind of missing the boat. Well, we, we appreciate the support and, uh, it, uh, it's always nice to hear kind words and, and, you know, hear people say that we're, we're doing something positive, but, uh, we'll, we'll try not to be too obnoxious at, at the event this year and, and get too carried away. Never happened. Well, that's, uh, that's about it, buddy. Um, you know, we're, we're, uh, just a, a couple last things here and i'll close it out man we're we're doing charity raffle this year like i said don't don't lose the focus on the event this is a charity event and we're trying to raise money to support tread lightly this year we're doing a, a charity raffle which we've never done um we're, we're very very strong and we do not sell raffle tickets for our um mega raffles on friday and saturday night everybody that attends the event you come through as an attendee you get your raffle ticket from us the driver gets a driver raffle ticket and a regular raffle ticket and every passenger above 18 gets a raffle ticket as well and that's it people can't buy into those raffles so it keeps things very fair and we feel very strong about that that was one of the things when we set up the event we wanted to keep that uh um we didn't want that guy coming in that had that thousand dollar disposable income coming in and stacking the odds in his favor during the raffle so these charity raffles are completely different we've had a lot of support from the vendors this year like i said and mentioned earlier with our early registration raffles those vendors have stepped up and we've got a few very nice big items that we're going to do for the charity raffle and we're going to sell raffle tickets for a dollar a piece and basically for the charity raffle when you buy that raffle ticket you can take your ticket over and you get to put it in the drawing of whatever item you want. So you've got control over what you have a chance to win. You can buy 10 tickets and put it all on one item. You can buy 10 tickets and mix them up. You can buy 100 tickets and put it on one or mix it up. It's up to you. You've got control over where your raffle tickets are going and, and uh, what items you'll have a chance to win. They're a dollar piece, and whatever the tickets are in there and whatever um, raffle tickets sell, that's it. That's item gets raffled out to whatever tickets are in that particular container for that item um like i said this is all solely just to raise money for the charity benefactor for the event and uh, that's about it we're doing a couple things uh, some some stuff here people are familiar with in the past rumor has it that uh we're going to be doing some type of uh, poker run or scavenger hunt again. Uh, we always try to get something like that going at the event. I know, um, and that's something, anybody listening to this, don't be afraid of that. Jason and I have had this conversation ourselves several times. Don't be turned off with these. It's not a time competition. It's not a truck competition. It's not something that where some guy that has a built rig is going to have any better chance of winning these little things that we set up at the event over anybody else when we organize these we try to keep them very fair so don't don't think that you have to have a built rig or something like that i know everybody gets there and they're focused on getting to the trails but we try to add some stuff to keep you guys entertained to to keep the momentum of the event going so don't be afraid to participate in, in some of these extracurricular things that are happening at the event and that's one of the things that uh, a lot of guys i think shy away from because they don't necessarily know how it works so 
if if you're interested in that, please definitely uh, follow along um, for the poker run slash scavenger hunt. And one of the last things I'll mention is is we're doing something cool for a photo contest also this year. We're going to take the best photo from a registered a vehicle at the event out in Windrock Park, whether it be um, a wheeling pick, a flexed out pick, a just a beautiful backdrop scenery pick, and we're going to select the best picture out of everything that's submitted to us during the event, and that person is not only going to win a prize, but they're also going to have the banner on our website for the next year. That's pardon me. That's an awesome idea. That, that's that's really really cool, really cool. I'll have we to. Uh, we we tend to to get as many pictures from the event as we can on our website, and this was a way that we wanted people to be able to submit their own and have a chance to get that banner. Um, Trey from uh, um, Southeast FJ Cruisers is currently on there from the banner from last year, and we didn't even do a contest. It was just one of the pictures that was a, a really cool shot that they got of uh, his FJ, which he no longer has. Um, we won't talk about that. But uh, the involvement from the attendees in the event is important, and we feel that doing stuff like this keeps everybody active and keeps them a part of the event. Oh, very, very cool. I'll have to uh, be a, try to try to be a, a little better photographer this year and, and get in on that myself. I, I tend to not take very many pictures, and uh, that that may be some inspiration for me to change that. So, definitely, man, don't miss out on that opportunity. I'd like to see old yellow up there, or maybe that new FJ Cruiser, or that forerunner or anything else you have over there for the toyota lot that you've got accumulated around I, I, i've got too many too many of them to get them all to one event that that's that's one drawback I, i'd really like to uh i'd really like to get the 86 out to 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 one of these events you know people have seen a lot of pictures of it and stuff but only a handful of people have ever seen it in person because it doesn't get driven very often but uh there there's only one of me and and like i said i i uh Maybe I need to invest in a bigger trailer or something. I can just load them up and haul them around that way. But uh, there you go, there you go. I'll uh, I'll be there one way or another. So, <laughs> well, that's it. Um, that's all I got, buddy. Uh, don't forget pre-registration, guys. Um, registration runs all the way through July. Don't forget early registration raffle May thirty first. If you want to be in this next drawing, and that's the last drawing where we only broke it out in the first eighty days. And uh, uh, our 80 days of registration from opening to the 80th day is May 31st. So be registered by May 31st if you're interested in being part of that uh, early registration raffle. If not, make sure you register by July 23rd, I believe it is. All that information's on the website. All right. Well, well, very cool, Brett. And uh, again, we, we look forward to, uh, to being at the event again this year and, and uh, just being a, being a part of it in any way that we can so can't thank you guys enough again for uh, uh giving us the the airtime and the the mentions and the the quality of uh of, of compliments that you guys put out for the event um thank you and i tell you and i say it over and over again um i appreciate everything you guys do for the community well it's it's our pleasure to do it and that that's what we're here for so uh 
hopefully it it uh, comes around to benefit you a little bit anyway so all right see everybody at the atr 2017 labor day weekend winrock park all right thanks brett Alrighty, folks. Um, again, we we uh, we always appreciate Brett uh, being such a good sport about the hard time we give him and that kind of stuff, and and we appreciate all the work that he puts into uh, into his event, Appalachian Toyota Roundup, and that kind of stuff. And we're happy to to help him out and try to get the word out there about the event. It is uh, it's a good time. It's a good park. Um, if uh, if you don't have plans for Labor Day weekend, you know, kind of towards the end of the summer, you want that one last big bash of a wheeling trip. Um, there is still time to uh, still time to get registered. You even have a few days, like Brett said, you'll you'll still have a few days to uh, to get on in on his early registration raffle thing that he's got going on, which is is kind of cool. So, anything you want to add to that, Rich? Uh, no, I think it's great that, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the stuttering is gone and, uh, he's almost got, you know, the drool on, under control. So I think he's doing great. Well, hopefully he'll be totally recovered by, by ATR and, and, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be able to walk again without the cane. Right. Right. <laughs> we love you, Brett. Thanks for the interview. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, we look, uh, Look forward to seeing you in just a few short months and, you know, being able to harass you unmercifully in person. So, Good times. Good times. We're bringing, we're bringing more zip ties. <laughs> Haven't even got started on that yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, um, as Rich kind of alluded to uh, when we started recording, he's had a, a very long day and I've had kind of a long day myself. Um so we're going to uh, we're going to keep this short. Uh, if we have some listener feedback, folks, I'm I'm sorry I'm missing it, and uh, we we will get to it. Um, we have got a ton of of content. Uh, Rich and I will be working diligently to uh, to find another time to get another episode put together here very soon to to get some of this this content out in a timely fashion and and. Uh, we should probably throw in why we're so tired. Jason and I, and, and when I say just got back, I mean quite literally just got back from the Great Smoky Mountain Trail Ride uh, with uh, Southern T- STLCA, Southern Toyota South, Southeast, Southeast. Southeast, I'm sorry. My oops. Sorry, guys. They're, they're not going to be happy with me over that. Um, <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, I literally just uh, maybe – an hour before this recording walked in the door uh from tennessee after a, a 14 hour ride uh the last couple of days were great we're you know we're going to tell you more about it but we're telling you we're tired and we i, I just want all our listeners to know we have a really good reason because we're out covering an event for you guys and uh, gathering up new content taking pictures and and doing uh, other cool toyota stuff to tell you about so that that's that's sort of why we sound like we just fell off the back of a truck because we pretty much did. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let it go with that. Um, we, we wanted to, uh, to take a few minutes and have Rich talk about being able to, to, uh, to attend the, the, uh, 
how would you term that for the Firestone deal? Um, uh, I, I would say a, a, a release event. Okay. Or, well, I, I was going to say release extravaganza, but um, that was only because I couldn't think of a more appropriate word. So. You know, extravaganza. You know, I, I I don't think Firestone licensed that, but I think they they, they would they would go along. They, with they'd it. go along with that. Awesome. They're pretty. They were pretty cool folks. Good deal. Good deal. Well, again, Rich, I, I I think it's really cool that you got to uh, that you got to attend that, and and uh, I, I'm sure a lot of the listeners know that. Well, and 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 you said earlier that uh, you were also able to to head out to uh, to Arizona to uh, Overland Expo, which. Uh, I think is kind of a dream trip for our, for a lot of us, and uh, we look forward to uh, to you filling us in on on some of that on a, a episode in the very near future as well. So, um, we'll just consider you our our traveling correspondent at the moment, and uh, I'll just stay home and work and feel bad that you get to go do fun stuff and I don't get to. Man, now you make me feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, you you know I, I I think it's awesome that you get to do that. So, yeah, and and for for our listeners, all all our Jason, our um, Jason and myself, all are, are kidding aside. Um, the OEX West thing was a really great experience, and um, it was a mostly Toyota. Most of the vehicles there were Toyotas, so. Um, you can look forward to that content. And I actually got to hang out with one of the, uh, top industry vendors in the Toyota market, which is our colleague from, uh, metal tech four by four, uh, and, uh, bakes FJ also. So you can look forward to that report. Like I said, we've been gathering tons of great content for you. And we actually are at the point where we have more content than we do time to get it together and get it to you. Um, but uh, and get like a couple of couple episodes knocked out in a shorter amount of time. We try and release once every two weeks. I think you might get a couple a little more frequently, just this once. Yes, yeah, just just to get this information out. But uh, yeah, because it's time sensitive. Again, we're we're going to skip over a few things. Um, can consider the interview uh, community spotlight because it it, it kind of fell in that that category and. Uh, like I said, folks, if if uh, if you sent some feedback and we're missing it this episode, we will uh, we'll catch up on it. We we haven't forgot you guys, and and we always appreciate hearing from listeners and uh, all all the kind words that uh, that you folks send us and that kind of stuff. Um, Rich, do you have anything else before we before we close up? No, um, we're gonna we're gonna um, <clears throat> like I said, we're gonna just continue knocking them out of the park and. Uh, there is some cool feedback. We did see it come in. We're not ignoring you guys. We're just trying to keep the episode short so that they don't uh, get turned into four-hour episodes. Right, right. <laughs> um, one thing that I do want to throw out real quick, folks, um, I need to get on the website and do something with our, our company store. We are still having some issues with, uh, with PayPal at the moment, and... I am working very hard to get, I thought I had it straightened out, had it fixed. It was working good for a month or two and then PayPal fell apart on me again, um, is one issue. That's, that's irrelevant. That's our problem. Um, but, uh, I, I will get that, that took care of the other, the other thing is I'm sold out of just about everything. So we are in the process of restocking stuff. So if you have placed orders, especially for shirts, 
um, bear with me. We are we are working on getting that that taken care of and, and getting them back in stock. Uh, I will be going through the uh, the list of orders here in the next couple of days and returning some emails to uh, to folks that have ordered shirts, especially of sizes that that I don't currently have in stock. But uh, I just wanted to say on the show that uh, if you are planning on ordering something or you already have and, and it hasn't you haven't received it yet. Um, I haven't missed it. I haven't, uh, uh, I, I'm not blowing you off. Um, things have been super busy. And like I said, I've been out of stock on a lot of stuff and, uh, been, been really busy to, uh, to try to get back to people, but I, I will get on top of that in the next few days and, and let those of you that, uh, that have made orders that I can't fill immediately. Um, we'll, we'll get all that, get all that sorted out. So just, uh, just bear with me a little bit. Yeah, we all know you're busy and and uh, you're working hard, so you know don't feel the pressure. Hurry up, though. Yeah, a- absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, folks. Well, um, we will we'll we'll close this one out. Like I said, we uh, we've got a ton more content coming. Uh, so, some some great stories and good times and and uh, that kind of stuff and and more to come. But. Uh, for this for this episode thirty five, we'll we'll call it quits. Um, Rich, unless you have anything else to add, we'll go through the normal closeout stuff and and call it a show. Well, let's go to sleep. All righty, um, folks. If you if you want to uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so through our website uh, toyotatrucksandtrails.com. You can leave us a message there on an episode or or just um, uh, Send us an email from from there. Um, you can send us a direct email to Toyota Trucks and Trails at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook slash TTAT Podcast. We are on Instagram at Toyota Trucks and Trails Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Um, just uh, search for Toyota Trucks and Trails on YouTube, and you can find the uh, find the videos we've got there. If you, if you like what you see, there there is more coming. There's more in the works. I'm also working on that kind of stuff. Um, but be sure and subscribe to uh, be sure and, and and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That helps us out a bunch. Um, also, if you enjoy the show, please go to it and you listen through iTunes. Uh, please go to. Uh, Rich and I just dis- discussed this the other day. iTunes has changed things a little bit. Um, it's actually now uh, Apple Podcasts. But uh, please go to Apple Podcasts and uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, anything I'm forgetting, Rich? Knock, knock. Um, no, I think you got it all. And we'll always have all these links in the uh uh, podcast posts for both the website and social media. And in the past, we, we have neglected those links on the website proper, um, but we're, we're moving forward. We're going to always be containing them uh, and links to anything we talk about as sure. much as possible anyway. Sure. All righty. Well, one last thing real quick. Um, folks, please don't don't forget to support our sponsors. Um, the, uh, the sponsor for this episode, as with... The, the last many, 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 many episodes is Southeast Overland. Um, please sh- show them some support. And, and when when you do, uh, make sure to mention that you, you appreciate what they do for us here at the podcast because they, they, Steve over there really, really gives us a hand. 
and uh, really helps us out. So let let him know that you appreciate that and and that uh, that we appreciate what he does for us as well. So, um, Rich, if you're done, I'm running on fumes here, buddy. I hope you're not waiting for me. <laughs> All righty, folks. Um, again, thanks for listening. Look for another episode soon. And uh, as usual, get out and enjoy your Toyota.